0: This morning, I want to focus, it's a beautiful passage of scripture, but I want to focus in particular on the verse that says, As Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There was a young mom named Heather who was pregnant with her second child. And she had a three year old son whose name was Ron. And Ron was afraid of the dark. Heather tried everything. She tried leaving a night light on in his room. And that didn't work. He was still afraid. She tried leaving the hallway light on. That didn't work. He was still scared of the dark and he would cry in the middle of the night every night. And one night, as he snuggled in close to her, he crawled in bed with with her he touched her baby bump that was going to be his sibling and he asked mom he said mama is it dark in there where my little brother is he was sure he was going to have a little brother mom said yes it's dark in there and he thought about it for a minute and then he said he doesn't even have a night light does he She said, nope, not even a nightlight. Then he hugged her again. He had one more question. He said, do you think my brother is scared to be in there all by himself? She said, I don't think so, because he's not really alone. He's inside of me. It was a special moment for mother and son. And then she had an idea. She said, you know why, Ronnie? It's the same way with you. When it's dark and you think you're all by yourself, you really aren't ever alone because I carry you inside me too, right here in my heart. She remembers looking into his eyes, wondering if he understood what she had just said. He didn't say a word. He jumped down off her bed went back to his bed, fell asleep, slept well, and very seldom did he ever wake up again during the night and he wasn't afraid anymore. Children aren't the only ones that are afraid at night. There was this man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was an important guy. He was a high-ranking member of the Pharisees, you know, those smart people. But he was confused. And maybe he was a little scared. Then he heard about Jesus. And he thought that maybe this great rabbi, this great teacher could help him. And so when it got dark, because he didn't want any of the other smart guys to see him go to talk to this rabbi, because none of them liked him. So he went to talk to Jesus after dark, and he caught up with him just outside of town. And while they were talking, Jesus tells Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Now Jesus was talking about a spiritual birth, but Nicodemus was thinking about a physical birth. He said, how can anybody be born after growing old? Can you, can, can you go back into your mother's womb and be born again? He was confused. Jesus wasn't making any sense to him. Then Jesus reminded Nicodemus of the time, that Bible story which, being a Pharisee, Nicodemus would know. He reminded him about the time the people of Israel were in the desert. And out in the desert, some of the people were being bitten by snakes. And some of the Israelites had actually died from the poisonous snakes who had bitten them. And it became such a problem that Moses asked God for some help with this. And so God told him, make a poisonous serpent, a snake, and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, if they look at at the snake, they will live. No more people will die from snake bites. Well, Moses did what God said. He made a snake out of bronze, and he placed it high on a pole. And then when anybody was bitten by the snake, they went, looked at the bronze snake, and they were healed. They weren't even afraid, the scriptures tell us, of snakes anymore. Nicodemus remembered the story that Jesus was talking about. And then Jesus tells Nicodemus, people will one day look to the cross and they will live. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That was Jesus' advice to Nicodemus as understood by the early church in the way we understand it today. Look to the cross When fear seems to get the best of you, look to the cross. When the light at the end of a tunnel is an oncoming train, look to the cross. When the only luck we seem to be having is bad luck, look to the cross. That's where our hope is, on a hill called Golgotha. When you're discouraged, when you're down and out, When you're experiencing your own dark night of the soul, and we all have them, look to the cross. There was a man named Harry Tuchert. He was a successful publisher of anniversary books and advertising material and promotional materials for churches, and this was years ago when the electronic media wasn't out there much. And he had a very good business. Everything in life seemed to be going perfect. He had a lovely home, he had a nice family, he had a solid future at his job. But all of a sudden, one day, his world collapsed. His wife informed him when he came home from work that she was in love with someone else and she was leaving him. Well, of course, he was devastated. He tried his best to cope with it. He continued to work. He continued with his life the best he could, but it was all becoming too overwhelming. And a few days after his wife had moved out, he began to think about his life. And he thought, my marriage is ending in divorce. I must have done something wrong. I must be at fault somewhere. Where have I gone wrong? Despite all the other positive things that were happening in his life, all the things he had going for him, he felt like a failure with nothing to live for. He was on the road traveling to a church for a meeting with an anniversary committee who was putting together an a anniversary celebration book and he was going there to show them the layout of the book that he'd prepared. It was a hot summer day and when he got there, he was early, no one else had arrived He went down into the fellowship hall, which was in the basement of the church, and it was nice and cool there, so he sat and relaxed. And as he sat there, he began to think very seriously about suicide. He thought, my life is over, all is finished. He sat at a table and he began to weep, holding his head in his hands, and the more he wept, the more he was convinced that he wanted to die. He was done, he was beaten. He had a way planned, it would be easy to end it all. And then he looked up, and in total despair, he noticed a faded poster on the opposite end of the room, hanging on the wall, and he walked over to that poster. Pictured was the image of a man in the exact same total despair that he was experiencing, with his head in his hands and in complete anguish. And as he studied this poster closer, he noticed that there was a smaller image in the lower right corner of the poster. And pictured on this little image were three little crosses on a hill, and they were surrounded by a gray sky. And underneath the center cross, these simple words were written. I know how you feel. I've been there myself. While staring at this wor- these words, Harry fell to his knees. And he prayed, God, help me. He felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. He stood up. And he promised God and he promised himself, I'm going to beat this thing. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. After that prayer, he had that meeting with those folks. He went on with his life and was very successful and did just fine. Are you in pain this morning? Like Harry? Like Nicodemus? Look to the cross, draw your strength from Christ. Jesus is saying to you and to me this morning, I know how you feel, I've been there myself. Look to the cross, that's our first word this morning. The second has to do what we find on that cross. The first thing that we find on that cross is love in its purest form. The story of Nicodemus doesn't end with the story of the snake in the wilderness. Jesus has a message for Nicodemus, and he has a message for us. It was to the hurting Nicodemus that Jesus spoke these words from John's gospel that we love so well, for God so loved the world. Listen to it again. How many times can we say this verse and can we repeat this verse Without, without getting tired of it. i never tire of these words. They're the most beautiful words in all of Scripture, in my opinion. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. Jesus was trying to move Nicodemus from a life of law and structure and you have to do this and do that in order to please God, to a life of love. He was trying to impress upon Nicodemus the extravagance of God's grace and how big God's love is, was for him, and is for us today. He was trying to tell him that God's devotion to God's children is beyond measure. It's love in its purest form. It doesn't get any better than that. There's a story that comes out of the Bedouin culture. Bedouin is an Aramaic name for desert dwellers. These people live a lot like the people of the Old Testament did. During a heated argument, according to this story, a young Bedouin man struck and killed a friend of his. Knowing that what the customs of his people were and that he would be put to death, he left. And he ran across the desert under the cover of darkness. Again, darkness. Looking for safety. And he came upon the tribal chief's tent. And he went in and he asked the chief for protection. The old chief took him in, assured him that he would be safe until this matter was settled legally. The next day, They came to the chief's tent. They demanded that the murderer be turned over to them so that they could see that justice would prevail. The chief said, I have given my word. He stays here. And then they said, But you don't know who he's killed. He says, I have given my word. He killed your son chief was, of course, shaken. He stood speechless with his head bowed for a long time and they all waited breathlessly. What would happen to this young man? Finally, the old chief raised his head and he said, then he shall become my son and everything I have will one day be his. The young man certainly didn't deserve the chief's mercy and generosity. And that's the point, of course. Love in its purest form is beyond understanding, beyond explaining. No one can earn it. It's freely given. You have a dog, you probably understand that kind of love. Unconditional love. My dog doesn't care what I smell like, what I look like, or anything else. He just loves me. Well he loved me. It's free. It's agape love. The love of God. Look to the cross. At the cross we find love in its purest form. And one more thing. In the cross we find healing and life. Years ago there was a young man who was confined to a wheelchair, and he was in the last stages of terminal illness. It was a dark night in the soul of that young man. He was full of anger and bitterness. He'd read too many books promising healing if he just had enough faith and he just believed he could be healed. He'd met too many well-meaning Christians who had promised him a miraculous healing from his disease if enough people prayed for him and if his faith was strong enough. And as he continued to get sicker and sicker, He grew more and more angry and more and more bitter. His parents loved him dearly, and they took him to one faith healer after another. Each one prayed for his healing. He prayed and fasted and did everything they told him to do. He sincerely believed in Jesus, but nothing happened. Instead, he got sicker and sicker. He was dying. His parents convinced him to go to one last meeting and he said, this is the last one I'm going to. Well, the speaker at that meeting was Johnny Erickson Tata. Many of you know her story. At the age of 17, she had a diving accident, and she was paralyzed. She, too, had prayed for healing in the beginning. Yet she remained confined to a wheelchair as a quadri- quadriplegic. And sitting there in that wheelchair that day at that meeting... Johnny spoke from her heart. She talked about her anger early on. She talked about how the faith healers told her she could get better, but that she still ended up being paralyzed and still is today after praying and believing that a miracle would happen. But a miracle did take place in her life. It just wasn't the miracle that she asked for. Instead, instead God met her in her pain walked beside her in her pain, and gave her life new meaning and a new direction in spite of her suffering and disappointment. If you don't know her story, she's an amazing woman. Many, many talents. She paints pictures with her mouth, with a tooth, with a brush in her mouth. She's, she writes music. She she's, goes all over the country talking to people. Johnny's an amazing person. But that miracle was different than the one she asked for. Johnny's honesty that day set that dying young man free. He was able to let go of his bitterness and his anger. He stopped seeing himself as one who didn't have enough faith. He knew he had enough faith. Instead, he looked at Jesus in a different way, not as an ATM machine that you go to and ask for something and you get it automatically. Not long after that meeting, a few months later, he passed away. But his parents rejoiced. They were able to rejoice because he had not died a bitter, angry person. He had given his life completely to God. He had looked at the cross. He was set free from his dark night of the soul. And the last few months of his life were happy. Look to the cross. See love in its purest form. See healing, see life. When we look to the cross, we discover a God who loves and cares deeply for each one of us. A God who carries each of us like that mother in his heart. Heather said it well to her three-year-old son, Ronnie. I carry you inside me too, right here in my heart. It's that way with us and God. Heather said it took her a time. It was a process. First, God was up there. Then God was all around. Then God was within her. And then finally, most amazing and shocking of all, Heather says was, I found that I am and always was within God, in God's heart. May we remember these words. During this Lenten season, let's pause. We're all so busy. Stop for a minute. Look at the cross. Remember, he's always near. Amen.